RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Carrie Lam warns of lurking radicals plotting chaos in Hong Kong as the police offer rewards for terrorist tip-offs. Health officials say they're changing how they record COVID cases amid concerns of false reports and people who've bought CBD products are told to get rid of them as soon soon as the authorities plan legislation to ban them. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has warned that lurking radicals might be plotting to disrupt Hong Kong, even though the political situation appears stable. She was asked how she felt about some people's decision to commemorate June 4th near Victoria Park, where annual candlelight vigils used to be held. It's not about my personal views. Two years after the implementation of the national security law, the overall political situation in Hong Kong is stable. But the police commissioner, the secretary for security and myself have often reminded the public that there are many hidden problems. There are lone wolves and radicals who went underground to protest using radical action. Radicals are very likely to use large-scale events or sensitive days to incite others to come out and do damaging Thanks. The police say they're launching a hotline tomorrow for members of the public to provide intelligence on terrorism or violence-related crimes. Long Waikie, a senior superintendent with the force's interdepartmental counter-terrorism unit, said people can send information via SMS or WeChat, adding that authorities may open up more reporting channels later. He says those who provide useful information could receive a reward. In order to encourage the public to report to us, we are also planning to reward those who provide reliable intelligence. For anyone who provides information deemed to be of crucial assistance to a case, the ICTU will, upon completion of prosecution and related legal process, assess and determine how much to reward the informant through a rigorous implementation mechanism. Health officials say they're changing how they report the daily COVID-19 tally, as up to a quarter of self-reported cases had come back as false positives. The Centre for Health Protection says it suspects people are faking results or declaring positive tests from some time ago to get exemptions from vaccination rules. Dr Chuan Shukwan says the CHP will now report positive rapid tests only after they're confirmed by PCR testing. The false positive rate has exceeded what we can accept, so we have been removing the false positive cases after PCR tests showed they didn't have the virus. We think this is not ideal, so we will change our way of reporting the cases. For positive rapid test results that have not been backed up by PCR tests, we will not consider them as confirmed infections. There were 231 COVID cases confirmed by PCR tests today. Lawmakers have backed a government plan to ban products containing cannabis oil, or CBD, a chemical compound derived from cannabis plants. Officials say a ban on manufacture, import, sale and possession of CBD products is needed because it's not possible to ensure that they don't contain a banned psychoactive substance. Speaking through an interpreter, Commissioner of Narcotics Kesson Lee told lawmakers that officials hope to legislate this year, but shops would have time to get rid of stock. We hope that there will be a period prior to the commencement of the new legislation, say for about three months, for the traders and also for members of the public who have procured CBD products that they can dispose of them before the legislation come into place. We would actually suggest them to discard these CBD products or maybe return them to overseas producers. 
The Executive Council has approved an application by Hong Kong Tramways for a 13% increase in fares, its first since 2018. Adult fares will climb from $2.60 to $3. Fares for those under 12 will go up by $0.20 to $1.50. The government says the fare hike is needed for the operation's financial stability. The new fares are expected to come into effect next month. And a look at the weather. It'll be cloudy with showers and squally thunderstorms. Those showers will be heavy at times tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 25 and 29 degrees, and there'll be moderate to fresh south to southwesterly winds. As for the outlook, you can expect heavy showers and more squally thunderstorms in the coming couple of days. At the observatory now, it's 25 degrees Celsius, humidity 93%. You're tuned to RGHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. The snack food franchise AG Ichiban has confirmed that it's closed up shop, affecting about 100 workers. Violet Wong reports. An RG Ichiban spokesman said its last four branches had been closed, citing a drop in business as the tourism industry was badly hit by the pandemic. It's believed that more than 20 other outlets were shut earlier when their leases expired. In all, about 100 workers were affected. Established in 1993, Archie Ichiban was a major snacks chain selling dried fruits and pork jerky, among other delicacies. The department stores and commercial staff general union said at its peak, the snacks firm had 100 outlets and employed about 700 staff. The union, along with several other groups, said in a statement that the closure of Aji Ichiban and the Jumbo Floating Restaurant in Aberdeen showed the difficulties facing businesses that relied on tourists. The group urged the government to put in place quarantine-free travel arrangements to help companies stay afloat. The groups also promised to offer assistance to Aji Ichiban staff affected by the closure. A study has found that Hong Kong remains the most expensive place in the world to be an expat, despite a slower rate of inflation than in other places. Human Resources Consultancy, ECA, which runs the annual study, says this reflects the strength of the Hong Kong dollar, which has been buoyed by its link to the greenback. However, Lee Quain, ECA's Asia chief, says high costs and uncertainty on COVID restrictions are harming the SAR's competitiveness. We do a survey of livability. Hong Kong is falling in our rankings in terms of livability relative to other locations. Partly that's due to the ongoing impact of COVID here in Hong Kong. And that itself is also causing people to think about whether or not they should either A, come to Hong Kong in the first place, or for expatriates who are here, whether or not they should stay, or if not, to repatriate to their home locations or to go somewhere else instead. The Hong Kong Palace Museum is set to open on July the 2nd. Adults will pay $50 for standard entry, while a $120 ticket will also give access to two special galleries. The seven standard galleries will open for free every Wednesday. 150,000 tickets will be set aside for the underprivileged. The chairman of its board, Bernard Chan, says its opening puts Hong Kong on a par with major cities such as London and New York. It gives Hong Kong a potential to develop this into an ecosystem. So it's not just for people coming to see and enjoy, but it's also for, in fact, professions to develop in this area. So I foresee this is an amazing opportunity for the, our young generation. We are already now the second largest art trading hub in the world. The Palace Museum, together with Amplas and others, have helped Hong Kong to develop into perhaps by far the best arts and culture hub in Asia. Tickets will go on sale next Tuesday. 
Overseas, the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has told his cabinet that the government could now draw a line under issues that his opponents wanted to talk about a day after surviving a confidence vote by his party's members of parliament. Critics say his authority has been undermined after more than 40% of Conservative MPs voted to remove him from office. Mr Johnson sounded upbeat as he chaired a cabinet meeting. Thank you, by the way, everybody, for all your good work yesterday, because, uh, which was a very important day, because uh, we're able now to draw a line under the issues that our opponents uh, want to talk about, and we're able to get on with talking about what I think the people of this country want us to talk about, which is what we are doing uh, to help them and to take the country forward. Tobias Alwood is one of the Conservative lawmakers who has publicly called on Mr Johnson to go. This was not about a, a tribal or a caucus or a subgroup you know, of the party trying to, uh, to uh, you know, overturn the prime minister. Uh, it's actually there were worrying concerns from around 150 colleagues that we see now about the direction and the vision of the party and the style of government. Ian Blackford, the leader of the Scottish National Party at Westminster, says the prime minister has lost all credibility. Events will determine this. There are two by-elections coming. I think the electorate in these snapshot polls will give their own verdict on the Prime Minister. This Prime Minister's position is not tenable and he will go one way or the other in the end. Russia's United Nations ambassador has walked out of a Security Council meeting after the President of the European Council, Charles Michel, blamed the assault on Ukraine for causing a global food crisis. Mr Michel told the meeting in New York Russia was using food as a stealth missile against the developing world, forcing people into poverty. In Odessa, millions of tons of grain and wheat stuck in containers and ships because of Russian warships in the Black Sea. And it is Russian tanks, Russian bombs and mines that are preventing Ukraine from planting and harvesting. The Kremlin is also stealing grain in Ukraine while shifting the blame on others. The King and Queen of Belgium are arriving in its former colony, the Democratic Republic of Congo, for a week-long visit. The trip, the King's first since ascending to the throne in 2013, is sensitive and symbolic. President Felix Tshisekedi had invited the couple to mark 60 years of Congolese independence. Two years ago, in the wake of the global Black Lives Matter protests, King Philippe II expressed regret at the monarchy's brutal colonial record in Congo. The Belgian Prime Minister, Alexander de Croo, underlined the significance of the trip. This is a historic visit. It has been a long time since a king went to the Congo. We know very well what the historical links are between our two countries. I think it's important to face our history, to say the words that are sometimes a bit difficult. But the real focus, of course, is on the future. There is a future where these two countries have links and where we have things in common to do. In sport, two-time major champion Dustin Johnson says he's resigned from the PGA Tour to compete in the inaugural LIV Golf International Invitational sorry, that kicks off this week. He's the second golfer to resign from the US Tour to join the contentious new event bankrolled by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. Six-time major champion Phil Mickelson has also confirmed he'll play at this week's opening event of the Invitational Series after a four-month break from the game. The BBC's Ian Carter has the details.
Mickelson hasn't been seen publicly since February when his controversial comments about Saudi Arabia and the PGA Tour were made public. Announcing that he will play in the first of eight $25 million events this week, Mickelson revealed that he's been undergoing therapy in his quest to become a better person. The 51-year-old joins the likes of Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia and Lee Westwood in playing the three-day Saudi-funded tournament, which starts on Thursday. The World Cup-bound Canadian national football team are on strike in a dispute over pay. The team's refusal to train or play for Sunday's friendly against Panama led to the game being called off. Canada's men have qualified for the World Cup for only the second time, but the players released a letter accusing Canada's soccer of disrespecting the team in negotiations around World Cup prize money. Canadian authorities say the players' demands are not financially viable. The next match is against Curacao on Thursday. Here's the BBC's Simon Stone. The game against Panama was a friendly match. The game against Curaçao is a, a Nations League game. So then it becomes almost a, a, an issue for CONCACAF Confederation and also for FIFA if, if matches can't go ahead. Canada soccer uh, and also the Canadian players and clearly the, the team manager, John Herdman, know that that was a, a vital game missed yesterday, vital training sessions. They've not qualified for a World Cup since 1986. So this is vital time with the players that is being lost that you can't get back in within the international calendar. I think there will be a lot of talking going on over the next couple of days to see whether there can be a compromise or at least a holding position to allow the games to go ahead that will allow Canada to actually prepare for the World Cup that they've worked so hard to get to. There are doubts as to whether one of the most successful tennis players in the modern era will play at Wimbledon. Rafael Nadal won the French Open for the 14th time on Sunday, but spoke afterwards about having no feeling in his foot due to anaesthetic nerve injections. The BBC's Russell Fuller has more on what the future holds for the 22 times Grand Slam champion. We were aware that he's had major problems with his left foot. Uh, the assumption was he'd been having injections to be able to allow him to keep playing. He said he'd had a number of these anaesthetic injections in his foot just to numb the foot. Didn't feel it at all as he was playing his matches. But he's got to the point where he doesn't want to continue in that vein. So what he's going to do is have a treatment later this week to try and burn the nerve on a more permanent basis. But if that doesn't work, he will not play Wimbledon. He will not have more injections just to play at the All England Club and instead he'll have to decide whether he wants to have what he described as a major operation. It might extend his career, he might not. It's really about quality of life as much as trying to win more tennis titles. A reminder of our top stories, Carrie Lanwell's of lurking radicals plotting chaos as the police offer rewards for terrorist tip-offs. And health officials say they're changing how they report Covid cases amid concerns of false recordings. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 
myself But now you're off with someone else And I'm alone You see, I thought that I might keep you for my own Amy, what you want to do
wasn't a big hit in the charts, but a lot of radio stations played it, particularly in the States and Canada, the Pure Prairie League. And Amy, in that bit at the end, when they sing Falling In and Out of Love With You, it precedes Amy on the album Busting Out. So it's a reference to the song. And it's a great track as well. If you'd like something yourself, by the way, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. Send over uh, an email to we'll find for you. I asked my love to take off. Take a walk Just a little 